Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast for this week. Hope you're doing well wherever, whenever you are. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, we've been teaching on the Holy Spirit. We really started this on Pentecost Sunday a few weeks ago. And there's so much misconception and dismissing of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the study of the Holy Spirit is what we call pneumatology. Uh, that's two words, pneuma meaning spirit, tology meaning the study of. So we wanted to get our pneumatology right. And we've really started from the ground up. We, we spoke about who the Holy Spirit is, the third person of the Trinity. He is God, 100% God, not just an optional add-on. Uh, when we say the Holy Spirit, we mean God in his fullness. And his nature is that he's not a, a, a force or a wind. He's a person. He, the Holy Spirit is personal. Jesus refers to him using the Greek word parakletos, which means close partner or guide. And his role is to reveal Jesus, to dwell in us. He is God in us. He interacts with and empowers us. He leads us towards holiness. He's called the Holy Spirit. He's not the lukewarm spirit or the half-baked spirit or the, the hypocrite spirit. No, he leads us towards holiness and he convicts us of sin. He, he, uh, he produces in us an allegiance toward Jesus, our King and our Lord. And he confirms and affirms our identity. And how does this actually work practically? Well, it's a transformation from the inside out. And our big point from last week was that he leads us in our mind and our thinking. We read about this in Romans chapter 8 and in other places as well. And the Greek word used for mind in much of the New Testament is the word phreneo, which means to think and feel to have understanding, to be wise, to direct one's mind, to strive. And the Holy Spirit uh, helps us in the area of our thinking, our phreneo. And you might ask, well, doesn't the Holy Spirit live in my heart? Well, yes, he does. But when we see the word heart in the Bible, it's a very broad, all-encompassing term. It appears over a thousand times in the scriptures. And my heart, in a biblical sense, is a spiritual and psychological engine room. And when I'm talking about phreneo, like our thinking, I'm simply trying to just give us an understanding of the practicality of our spirituality from a scriptural perspective. So this is not about positive thinking or the power of my mind alone. No, this is about an external being, that being God in his fullness by the Holy Spirit, entering my heart and leading my thought life. He gives me God thoughts. He 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 gives me God prompts. He, His word gives us God truth, right? He stirs in us the desire and the power to do what pleases him, is what we read in Philippians last week. And we no longer have to be subject to our sinful nature and our thinking itself. Uh, we can be led by the Holy Spirit. We are free to be led by him as he dwells in us in all his fullness. Amen. So if you missed any of those parts of this series, make sure you listen to the last couple episodes of the podcast. We went to way more detail. But this week, I want to talk about why. Why does God wish to dwell in us? Why does he want us to be filled with the Holy Spirit? What What is his purpose in all of this? Uh, why? Okay, we're going to delve right into that. But first, let me pray. Lord, I thank you for every person that's listening to our podcast today. And I just pray wherever they are, whenever they are, Lord, that this wouldn't just be an audio listen 
but it would be a supernatural encounter with you, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us to walk in your ways and know you more. Amen. Amen. So why? Firstly, you need to know that all these things that God does uh, are out of love for you. He doesn't have to. Uh, He could have just left us alone, but he chooses to be relational and close to us. Thomas Aquinas, who was a very influential philosopher and theologian who lived around 1200 AD, he was a priest actually, and, and he threw out this thought about the Holy Spirit, stating that the Holy Ghost himself is love. I love that thought. You know, just like Jesus is expressed as the Word of God, uh, the Holy Spirit is God's love expressed to us. I, I just love thinking about that. And you know, what God does to us and through us is out of love for us. He doesn't have to, but the specific empowerment and indwelling of the Holy Spirit has a functional purpose as well. So let's read in Acts chapter one where Jesus is speaking. You know, last week we read through about. 2030 scriptures. This week we're focusing on one core verse in Acts 1 8, where Jesus says this But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power, Jesus says, and you will be my witnesses. And I, I believe in this simple verse, Acts 1 8, we see the what, why, and where. Of the Holy Spirit. And I want to just go through those three thoughts. Now, number one is what? Well, it says right there, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that word power there is the Greek word dynamis, which is where we get our English word dynamite. Dynamite, right? So this is about strength and inherent power and power to perform miracles is what this word means. A uh, moral power and excellence of soul. When you look into the meaning of this word dynamis and We receive power from the Holy Spirit, the power from God, the power of God. This isn't just willpower or the power of vision and strategy and charisma and branding and apostolic function and leadership. No, this is about the power of God resting and residing and propelling every believer forward. Uh, I have a car, a Hyundai Tucson. I inherited it off my grandfather and uh, uh, when he passed away a number of years ago. And it is a turbo car, <laughs> which I don't know why my, uh, my grandfather bought a car with turbo while he was in his 80s, but he did. And uh, when, we, um, uh, it, when it became ours after my grandfather passed away, I got in this car. I'm thinking, why does this guy have a turbo car? But it has this little button, sport mode. And let me tell you something. When you hit the sport mode button, there is just a sense of power <laughs> that comes over that vehicle. And I even like making the, the turbo noise, like, you know, when I'm accelerating, you know. But uh, my kids enjoy that anyway. And uh, you know, as the Holy Spirit fills a believer, you are, you are receiving power from God. As a Spirit-filled Christian, you have a power advantage. We receive power when the Holy Spirit resides in us. But why? That brings me to the second point. So the what is we receive power. The why is we are to be his witnesses. His witnesses. And it says, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. And the the word for witnesses there is the Greek word martis, which is where we get the English word martyr, which is literally to die for your faith. So when someone... 
receives power from God. It's not just for them. When we receive the Holy Spirit and we are infilled with indwelling power from God, it doesn't just give me a power advantage to live my life day by day. No, it, it gives me a power advantage to die for God. That, that'll get us excited today, right? You didn't think this sermon would be about dying for God, but it, it's not just for my benefit and prosperity and advantage. It is a power that is meant to be expended on others and for the sake of the gospel. This is when we're so filled with the power of God that and boldness and 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 him in us that we can face any opposition and, and persecution with boldness, right? And I'm all for the what of the Holy Spirit. Trust me. I, I love the thought of God's indwelling power in my life. But we can't forget why it's there. God saves you. He cleanses you. He adopts you. He takes his place in you to do a work through you. Right? In Acts chapter 2, we read of the Holy Spirit's arrival at Pentecost. And we see lots of stuff happening. There's tongues of fire, prayer, miracles, all this kinds of stuff. And often in churches like our church, uh, we can get caught up in the commotion of these types of stories. And we, we believe uh, we, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, absolutely. But we can't miss the big picture of Pentecost, the why behind Pentecost. And let's quickly look at this huge part of it. We read in Acts chapter 2, uh, starting in verse 1, it says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was the sound from heaven, like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Verse 3, Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And then in verse 5, it shows us the context of where they were. Verse 5 says, At the time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee and Yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Verse 9, here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, and it lists all these other places, the, all the Potamias, all the, you know, all those places. And then it says in verse 11, and we hear these people speaking our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. Verse 12, they stood amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. So let's look at what's happening here in Acts chapter 2. Pentecost, amazing moment in, in history. And this is taking place in Jerusalem, in Jewish Palestine, to be kind of more specific. And this is part of the Roman Empire during Jesus' time. And out-of-area Jews were attending the Feast of Pentecost in Jerusalem. So they would travel from everywhere. They would go on a pilgrimage to, to attend the Feast of Pentecost. And it's interesting how God knows how to take advantage of moments like this, right? And they were all uh, there hearing these local Jews speak the languages from where they're from, which they would have never heard or known. And so these 120 believers are filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in these other languages. And, and these visiting Jews from out of town were like, man, there's no way these people can know these languages because they haven't heard them, 
before they don't know them, right? And they could hear them speaking about the wonderful things God has done. Now, I believe this is the why of Pentecost right here, okay? We have Jews from all over Israel and beyond hearing of God in their language as the Spirit enables them. And this is a supernatural and prophetic moment. God is saying, the Holy Spirit is being given to my people to empower and enable them to speak the good things of God, the gospel, to others. And this is the narrative all throughout the book of Acts from that moment. The gospel would go out. The gospel would spread. And it happened with power from God. And I love the what of the Holy Spirit, what he brings, the, the, that, that empowerment. But let's not forget the why. What was happening at Pentecost? What, what, what is the purpose of this? It's for us to have the boldness to bring the gospel to others, to people from other nations, to people from everywhere. Amen? Which brings me to our third point. We've talked about the what, which is the power from him. The why is to be his witnesses. And the where is to everyone, everywhere. It says, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, it says in Acts 1.8. That's Jesus speaking. And it's interesting how Jesus listed these geographic locations, because I think there's something to be said about them. In context, he was speaking to his followers in Jerusalem, and they would have been largely uh, Jews from that area. And I think, when I think of these four areas, I think each of them, of of course, are literal, but also symbolic in many ways. And we can see some principles in them. So we have Jerusalem, which would have been local to these disciples and followers of Jesus, You have Judea, which would have been a region around them, very similar in culture and belief. And then Jesus lists Samaria, which was a neighboring people and culture, which is an interesting one because the Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along, right? There was uh, almost like a, a polarization there between them. And then he says, to the ends of the earth. So Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I believe this speaks to the where of the Holy Spirit. We are to be empowered to be his witnesses everywhere, locally, to those around me and near me, our Jerusalem, you could say, regionally, to those I'm in contact with, but but they might be like me, but they're not necessarily near me. That's like the people in our region. This is our, our Judeas, as it were. And then also to our Samarias, those who don't really groove with us, I would say locally, regionally, and polarly. The opposite type people, you know, the Samaritans and the Jews, they didn't get along. And God wants to empower you to be a witness to your Samarias as well. Like who who in your life is like a Samaritan to you? If you could put yourself in this situation, oh, I don't like that area or that person. Or I've heard people dismiss certain races, cultures, beliefs as not their people, or they'll say like, oh, God hasn't called me to them, or they say, oh, I don't really have a heart for, for that specific person or that area, like, oh, people in Harrington Grove, oh, my goodness, or people in Minto, oh, are you from Penrith, oh, my goodness, or Oran Park, oh, my goodness. Now, notice Jesus didn't say you will receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem or Judea or Samaria. <laughs> no, he said, and, 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 all of them. It's not a choice. Uh, And wouldn't it be so convenient if God just called us to those we like and those we agree with 
and those we groove with, those people that we feel like are in our tribe. But now I, I know that there are specific areas and seasons where God has positioned us and where our focus must be, but the other areas, other people in our life cannot be cut off from our heart. We can't just dismiss certain people because oh, that's, not, that's not what the Holy Spirit would want to do through us. Where is your Samaria? Where is that area of your life where you're, those people in your life where you're like, man, I really need God's help to empower me to be a witness to these people. Maybe it's that mate from work that you just can't stand. Maybe it's that extended family member. Maybe it's it's that certain, uh, maybe you, you conflict culturally with a different culture of people. Help us, Holy Spirit. You will receive power to be my witnesses, is what Jesus says. Power to die to ourselves, to die to our prejudices, to die to our preferences. Amen. This is a, a strong word here. You know, you can't, uh, we don't receive power to live a life of convenience. We see, receive power to live a life of witness, a life of laying down, a life of saying, not my will, but your will, Lord. And that's a work of the Holy Spirit. We can't just be, and also Jesus lists beyond that, to the ends of the earth. We can't just be fiercely local and dismiss the needs in our larger world, particularly in, in 2023. Come on, we can't just be fiercely like, oh, I'm just all about Camden and forget about Burundi, right? Or Vietnam, where some of our missions projects are. We can't, and likewise, the other way around, we can't be fiercely global and ignore our neighbor, Oh, we've seen that before, right? Oh, we people, I've got a sponsored child, I give to missions, but I don't share the gospel with my local community. Come on. Like, that's that's not what we want to be. And we are a missions-giving church. We love Camden and Burundi. We love Gregory Hills and Vietnam. Amen? Uh, and our goal is to bring Jesus to everyone, everywhere. And the Holy Spirit empowers us and helps us to do it. He fills us with love to be bold in our love. So the what, the why, and the where of the Holy Spirit. We are to receive power to be his witnesses to everyone everywhere, including our Samarias, <laughs> including the people we might not groove with. And that's the transformative work of God. So if I could quickly summarize the last few weeks, the Holy Spirit fills us so we can live for God. The Holy Spirit leads us so we can think for God. And the Holy Spirit empowers us for his purposes. Amen. Amen. Do you need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit today? Have you been dismissing his work in your life? Allow him to transform you from the inside out. Allow him to change you, to empower you. Come on, all it takes is you saying, Holy Spirit, would you help me in this area? Amen. Amen. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for your work in our church over this last few weeks and the weeks coming ahead. And I ask you to continue to do your work, Lord. Help us to be filled with power, to be your witnesses ev to everyone everywhere, Lord. To the people we groove with, the people we don't. Lord, help us to value every soul the way you would have us value them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast this week. If you want to know more about Jesus or more about our church, Please come and visit us one Sunday. Check out our website, our Instagram. We'd love to get to know you. And we'd love you to join the journey of planting everyone church with us. Come on, let's go be filled with power to be his witnesses to everyone everywhere this week, wherever you are. Amen. Have a blessed week.